When I was at home, I was in a better place. That's a famous line from Shakespeare from the play As You Like It, Act 2, Scene 4, if you're scoring at home. Well, the Mets think the Bard is full of crap. The Mets team batting average at home is now right around 215 for the year. It's a chance to be the lowest in either league since the mound changed size in 1969. Three hits Friday night. Three against Aaron Nola and the Phillies. Is this a surge for Nola in the Cy Young race? Uh-uh-uh. Let's hope not. Don't go there. And let's just get to the podcast with this kick-ass music from our friends at Lawrence the Band. Go! It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's your Daily Mets podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Mets are doing. It's your Daily Mets podcast. I, now am I, Arden the Fool, more I. When I was at home, I was in a better place. But travelers must be content. I be so good, Touchstone. And Chip, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Something like that. I don't, I don't remember much of my Shakespeare. The, uh, the loss by the Mets to open a homestand, not great. Helps the Phillies quite a bit because they are three games behind. The Braves stay that way by getting a 4-3 win. They got the eighth inning run they needed to push forward. The Mets never did get to Aaron Nola. Two home runs against him. Only one other hit the whole rest of the game. The game recap now brought to you by our friends at Burke Rehabilitation. Burke Rehab. For over 100 years, Burke has helped patients achieve their maximum recovery from a life-changing illness, injury, or surgery. Please do give them a call when you need them at 914-597-2200 or go to burke.org for more info. So before we get you to Mickey Calloway and his take on why the Mets just cannot hit at all when they come back to flushing, and he is going to address that, and it is a mystery. Uh, yeah, It's not like City Field is some unfair ballpark. It's really not. But the Mets seem to get hit totals like two, three, and four quite often. Jay Bruce had one of the hits that was a home run. Too little, too late for Jay. But, uh, you know, this is a guy that last year had 36 home runs. He is at one-sixth of that this season. Missed 10 weeks, of course, with the hip injury. Played through the hip injury, and that robbed him of, he figures, those last 10 or 12 feet of, uh, of power that he could generate from those legs and, and with the torque and all of that. But it's a lost year for Jay. Just glad that he's back and playing a little bit. Dominic Smith got to play, and Dom was terrific. Made a very, very fine defensive play in this game. He also hit a home run, opposite field, no less, left center. And Jeff McNeil continues to do his thing. Another hit for him, and his on-base streak to, uh, at least in starts here, there was one pinch hitting appearance that kind of fouled this up. But his on-base streak in starts is the longest by a Mets rookie since. You'll never get this one. Since Mr. Eyebrows, Josh Satin, which is always a very tough name to say, by the way. Try to say that real fast. Josh Satin. Josh Satin. Josh Satin. Josh. You always have to break it up. Otherwise, you just mush it. Josh Satin. Josh Satin. Who's a great guy. And who Keith Hernandez once memorably... Uh, kind of dissed with, with those uh, eyebrows that are prominent for Josh. I mean, look, I've got a prominent nose. We all have a little little something, a little cross we must bear. But um, 
Keith, and he swears this was by accident. When when Satin was on a tear, he said he's he's opening a lot of eyebrows. Uh, just you know, little Freudian slip there or some such. But anyway, uh, yeah, McNeil doing a lot of good things, and the the Mets rookie record that, that he's, uh, I guess, basically in range of now is Steve Henderson, 1977, getting on base that often. Hendu. And we're kind of searching here for positives. Steve and Matt did go five innings and only allowed a couple runs. He's got a two and a quarter ERA now in his last four starts, and he'll certainly take that. I got no problems with how Steven is kind of straining to reach the tape here. He's near the finish line, and he's at a career-best 132 strikeouts. He's managed to stay reasonably healthy this year, so I'll put that on the positives pile. It was great to see that as Drupal Cabrera came back and actually got a, unfortunately for the Mets, got a, an RBI hit in this game. Jose Bautista came back. Not a lot of pomp and circumstance for a Bautista return, but Cabrera was such a big part of what the Mets were doing in 16. Nice to see him back and succeeding for a team that really needs him to step up because the Phillies had been 5-12 and 12 since August 18th. They really needed this game, and the Mets unfortunately obliged. Tyler Bashler giving up the home run to Reese Hoskins. In the eighth inning, the Mets never could come back. The Mets just didn't have many base runners, didn't have a lot of opportunities, left only two on base in this game. And Aaron Nola now has 16 wins, and I hate to be what-if guy, and I, I don't think this is going to happen, but what if? What if this guy goes on a tear now? The Phillies make the playoffs by a game. Nola's a 19 or 20 game winner to lead the National League, and it was on his back that the Phillies finally rode through and then got into the postseason and what if DeGrom is still stuck at eight or nine wins I still think DeGrom earns that Cy Young I think he deserves a Cy Young but cosmetically that's going to be a bad look and the Mets really could have helped out DeGrom if they could have found a way to win this game alas they did not and again so much of it is just the Mets cannot seem to hit when they're at home so as we go to Mickey Calloway, who is brought to you by Ridgewood Savings Bank. At Ridgewood, you'll find the same time-saving online and mobile tools as the big banks, but with better service, fewer fees, and none of the runaround. It is all about Ridgewood. Ridgewoodbank.com, great people, great service. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. All right, so what's the dealio here, Mick? Why can't the Mets hit at home? I don't hear them talk about it a lot. Um, you know, I can't speak for them. I think something like that can get in your head, just like if you were a pitcher and your home splits were better or you pitched really good against this team I'm sure that can creep in there um, I haven't heard that uh, from anyone in the locker room or or any of the players you know we obviously we talk about it internally to try to figure out um, what adjustments we can make but uh, I haven't really heard it from any of the players you say you haven't heard it do you just visually see any difference do you see them no, pressing no, I, don't, you don't I, don't, I don't see any difference I don't think that uh, you know we, we, we uh, take a different approach or press anymore at home. It's just we just don't get as many hits and score as many runs uh, here um, for whatever reason. Now you say that you guys talk about it internally, trying to figure out, maybe try to do things differently. As you look back on this season in its entirety, has that been one of the most baffling questions for you as a manager to just try and figure out why it's been so vast of a divide? I think so. I think it's uh, something that uh, if it happens one year, then you're like, okay, we're just having a down year at home for whatever reasons. Um, it seems like it's been going on for quite some time, for you know five or six years. So that's the part that's baffling. I think we need to uh, 
continue to try to figure out, you know, the reasons why and, and try to adjust and, and get better at that. Mike? Thank you. With their guy in the Cy Young race, and obviously DeGrom is doing his thing, how, how much do you think about just trying to do a little bit at least to, to, to make a difference in that? Not, not that it's that close right now, but just to, to try and widen the gulf a little bit. You definitely think about it. I think that uh, we went in there and we wanted to make sure we, we uh, took solid at-bats against him and, and, and did the best we could. I thought, uh, you know, getting three runs off of him, um, hitting a couple of homers off of him, um, you know, not too many teams are scoring three runs off of him, <laughs> you know, indicated by his ERA. So uh, we scrapped, we clawed. That definitely comes into play. I think you want to uh, go out there and win every night. But, uh, you know, certain circumstances definitely uh, enter your mind when, when they're there. Tim? What have you seen from Matt's these last two that's kind of bumped the strikeup totals up a little bit for him? I think he's just a confident uh, Matsy again, like he was earlier. He, he knows that uh, his stuff is good. He knows he can throw a strike when he wants to. He's, he's executing pitches better. And uh, like we always talk about with, with Steven Matz, he's able to, to start that fastball on the inside uh, you know, uh, edge of the plate and run it back over, and they just kind of freeze. And, and if you get them kind of worrying about that pitch, then you can execute your change up and your other pitches off of that, and it becomes very effective. Erin, on the left. How nice was it um, to see uh, Smith step up in a big situation like he did? That was really big. Uh, he put a great swing on a ball, drive, drove it to the opposite gap uh, off a great pitcher. So, uh, you know, he said early in the game, I'm going to get this guy, and he went out there and he did it. Um, so it was really good to see. I think that, uh, you know, he, he's got a sweet swing. He made some great plays at first. So he's got a bright future. Um, we just got to continue to, you know, push him and, and get him better and, and make sure that uh, we get to see him as much as possible um, this September. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a challenge at times because of who we have. But we definitely want to get a look uh, because he's definitely an interesting guy. <clears throat> Steve? You mentioned some great plays that Smith made at first. What would you kind of grade that level of difficulty on that pick? From that last one, yeah, it was uh, probably one of the hardest picks I've ever seen. I mean, just the way where, where the ball was coming from, um, it was kind of sinking, ba bouncing up, and he had to stretch out a long way, uh, not only towards the um, fielder, but uh, with, his, with his right arm, his glove arm, and, and pick it. So it was one of the best picks I've ever seen. Tim? Just going back to Matt's early in the season, he wasn't getting a lot of swings outside the strike zone. Are you seeing guys start to ex extend the zone a little bit against him? I am. I think that when, uh, like we talked about a few minutes ago, when he's executing that fastball on the inside half of that plate, then uh, you know guys have to respect that. Um, and it keeps guys from covering as much. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, when, when you can execute that fastball in for a strike and then you throw a good change up down and away and they think it's a fastball, now all of a sudden you get that swing and miss. And they can't just hang out over the plate and, and try to track that ball a little bit better. And then all of a sudden it, it dives down and they're able to check their swing or whatever. So it's all really tied into his ability to throw that fastball in. And then it, they do start expanding the zone on him. 
All right, that's the skipper. And before we even get to what's brewing for today, brought to you by the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. They're making a big-time comeback later this year. I've told you that. Returning to your neighborhood under new ownership, but as always, serving the finest premium coffees from around the world. Before we get to what's on tap for tonight or today, uh, let's hear from a Hall of Famer. I've had this interview sitting around for a little while, and with the Phillies in town, I think it's an appropriate time to break it out. I wanted to talk to Michael Jack Schmidt about the first best home run that he hit. Of all the many that are memorable to Phillies fans, there is one that he has talked about in the past that has made a difference for him and kind of kick-started the Hall of Fame career, really. Uh, I mean, not that it wouldn't have kick-started some other way, but it has a Mets tie-in, and that's why I did the interview. Enjoy these three minutes with Michael Jack Schmidt. So this is almost like a pop quiz with the great Mike Schmidt. Uh, trying to remember some of your great home runs. Everybody remembers number 500. There are various other ones we could go to. But Mets fans of a certain age might remember very early in the 74 season, I guess it was. Tug McGraw, obviously very tough on the mound. First walk-off of your career. What do you recall about that? Well, it was a big home run for me off of uh, the late Tug McGraw, who eventually became a good friend. A member of our team in the Phillies championship team. Uh, <clears throat> I had come off of a very poor season, 1973. Went to winter ball, came back, had a pretty good spring training, batting eighth in the in the lineup actually. Uh, mm. Opening day, and Tug McGraw came in in relief, I believe, in a tie ball game here at, at that stadium, uh, place where I played. Right. And uh, I did hit a home run off of him to win the game. Uh, Cross the plate, go in the dugout, uh, shake a few hands, uh, get a few pat on the backs, and uh, pats on the back, I might say. And you go up to the clubhouse and celebrate a little bit, and then nothing happened like happens today when you hit a walk off. No home. Gatorade showers. No Gatorade yeah. shower, no scrum at home plate, none of that kind of stuff. But it sure meant a lot to me because uh, it jump started a, a, a year that I think uh, set the tone for my entire career. I. Uh, had a great year in 1974. I was almost MVP that year. and uh, So it's a home run that I'll never forget, yeah. You mashed the Mets. There were a bunch of guys, really good pitchers, like Jerry Kuzman, Thank for you. example, who you put in the book. I looked it up five times. Uh, and you, know, you, you got a whole bunch of other very famous Mets. You got Tom Seaver once, and I'm wondering if you remember that one. N- not specifically, but I think he was with the Reds. Yes, when correct. That happened. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, that's about all I remember about it. Uh, um, I'm assuming it was a fastball because I, I couldn't hit anything else he threw. <laughs> when you played the Mets, just to finish up with you real quick, uh, and, and there were some great battles, obviously, because they had that great pitching. Was that something that you found earlier in, in your career almost took you to a different level when you're facing the guys like a, a Kuzman, a Seaver, uh, and a bunch of other guys we could put on the list? You homered off of Bob Gibson for your, I think, second ever major league home run. You got Juan Marichal almost right away. But facing those guys, is that... Especially as a young player, does that elevate you a little bit, or does it scare you a little bit? Well, Seaver was no picnic. Uh, I, in fact, I couldn't hit him at all. And, uh, of course, that was a very young time in my career, and he threw pitches that uh, were totally new to me, hard, sliders, fastballs, whatever. And, you know, he was, at that time, the best pitcher in baseball. They had Matlack back then, uh, Kuzman, 
Uh, Jim McAndrew was another starter for them back then. I do remember the starters, but it was no picnic going into Shea Stadium to face those guys or at Vet Stadium, either one. So uh, early on, I didn't do very well against the Mets. I might have caught up with them later in my career, but early on, I didn't. Yeah, a good chunk of your 500-plus were absolutely against the Mets. Thank you, buddy. Okay, my pleasure. All right. Perfect. Very cool. Mike Schmidt to catch up with us and appreciate him doing that. So as for what's on tap, the game today, the Mets and the Phillies, Noah Syndergaard looking for win number 11. Never did meet Ted Danson, a.k.a. Sam Mayday Malone, while in L.A. I was going to try to make that happen. I've got a friend who's got a friend. Noah is weirdly uh, very, very, I guess, kind of tight with the idea that he, too, could be Sam Mayday Malone at some point. Womanizing, uh, you know, hard-throwing hero in the Red Sox pitching domain. Of course, that was mythical. That never really actually happened. Jim Lonborg, by the way, was the pitcher that uh, was in the picture that supposedly represented Sam Mayday Malone on the the epic sitcom Cheers from back in the day. Why does Noah Syndergaard love Cheers? I don't know. I mean, it's such a weird show for him to like. But he's told us because he's up a lot at like 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning. He flips around. It's on the Hallmark Channel, like eight of them in a row. And he'll stay up and watch. And he's become like this huge Ted Danson fan. So next time, next time in L.A., we'll, we'll get Noah Syndergaard and, and Ted Danson together. Anyway, uh, if Noah can get that 11th win, the Mets might get their 64th. Well, I guess they would get their 64th win of the year. Right now, they're 63 and 77. The Phillies at 74 and 66. They're, they're, they're in this octopod. There, there's eight teams that are absolutely in it for the, the basically five spots in the National League playoffs. And somebody's going to be completely left out. Could be the Phillies. Could be the Braves. Could be the Cubs at this point. I mean, you know, do, do three teams from the NL West make it and only one from the NL Central? Or is it exactly the opposite? And I, I do believe that only one team's going to get in from the NL East, but it could be two there. So the Phillies, in the midst of that, a huge game for them, of course. So we wish them all bad things uh, <laughs> as the game, the second of the three-game series commences today. Quick little insider travel secret to leave you with from our friends at Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. That's how Hotel Tonight get their, gets their incredible deals. I can't talk when I'm on the road. I'm sitting in Norman, Oklahoma doing this podcast. So, uh, and, and honestly, was not able to use Hotel Tonight because UCLA booked the room for me and a hotel tonight didn't. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I'm so sixes and sevens and all over the place. I'm quoting Shakespeare. I'm quoting Talladega Nights. I'm tripping over words. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, tomorrow will be a better day. Maybe a Mets win. Certainly will be a better podcast. And uh, th- that is my solemn promise to you, the listener. Thank you so much for hanging in. Appreciate it. This is Josh Lewin. This is called the Daily Mets Podcast.